right, welcome back. Episode 58 or 59, depending on who you ask, of the Young Old Heads podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards, and I'm tired, and I'm here with our good friend and co- my good friend and co-host, Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max, the national exclusive silver pack hangover part three edition. Max, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, today is not a red out of five sapphire parallel type of show. Today is a taco fractor, frozen fractor, slow, cold, steady, st- out both out of five, entirely different interpretations. Max, for the listeners that may be listening in the year 2024, 2025, 2026, what what can you tell them about about what went down in the last week? In the last week, Tommy and I both went to the National Sports Card Collector Convention in Chicago. It was an in-person show, which reminds me that since we are not doing an in-person show right now, I have to put my phone on Do Not Disturb, which is a classic aspect of the Young Old Heads podcast. I'm drained, tired. I did a bunch of traveling before the National. I traveled a lot during the National. I think I was on a four-card show in five-day stretch bender directly before the National itself. So I'm exhausted and fatigued and ready to buy more cards. Yeah, Max landed in Chicago last Monday, goes straight to a card show, one right by right by the airport, is there until like 8. I'm waiting in my apartment for Max until like 9 p.m. I'm like, this dude might just sleep in Rosemont, just like find a little tunnel somewhere and sleep there. But you made it. You crashed with me Monday and Tuesday. We had a great time. Jump, Max jumped in Lake Michigan for the first time. You love to see it. Ripped first a pack. On yeah, ripped a pack on the lake. Definitely first of many, first of many times for for that. But Max, you went all week, all week to the national. I was just there Saturday and Sunday. Um, give me just your whole impression. You know, we did record a podcast on Saturday live at the national in the Ludex VIP lounge. Uh, we're still waiting for Brock to send us that file. So we're going to call this one 58. I want to just cover the recap of the national here, Max. Do a day-by-day uh, recap, maybe what day your favorite was, some highlights, some lowlights, all the above. Um, uh, well, I will say my favorite aspect of the national was the friends, the people that I don't get to see all the time. Oh, you're rolling your eyes at how cheesy it is, but it's true. I mean, I can buy cards on eBay all fucking day. I don't need to go to an insert person show to buy cards. So it truly is the people. And if I said hi to you, you said hi to me. I appreciate that wholeheartedly. And the connections that you make with people are part of what makes the show so much fun and not almost nothing like nothing else. That being said, ironically, my favorite or best day was Wednesday. I was amped up. I was ready to go to war. I was giving, telling myself, I was uh, reading what the Romans did before war on Wednesday morning before I went to war on the national showroom and bought as many Shohei Otani cards as humanly possible. I was successful in that. And after that, I enjoyed the deal-making aspect on Wednesday the most because everyone was just so fired up and no one was tired, dealers and buyers and walkers alike. 
right, so we get Wednesday out of the way here. You bought the Black Heritage Refractor Shohei rookie that day? Yes, I did. What was the deal that went down with that? So I bought $2,000 in Otani PSA 10 rookie slabs like Chromes. I think I brought a stadium club. I bought some updates. Brought 2K worth of that. I bought a Black Heritage BGS 9.5 refractor. That was cool. I mean, the deal was like in the sixes in total. So that was pretty cool. Um, my That wasn't my favorite buy. My favorite buy probably the entire show, even including your opening day, Wander Franco, that you uh, lobbed up to me. And now everyone else knows what I, knows what I paid. But what you lobbed up to me, including that, my favorite buy was First deal I did of the entire show, I bought six Mike Trout Heritage Black Refractors, all out of like 70 or so, oldest from 2014, newest from 2021. And being able to get that in a lot of six is just so cool. So did you talk to the guy that you bought those from, like yeah. about how he ended up with them? Like, how did he end up with them originally? Um, I asked if you picked them up recently, and he said recently-ish. I paid pretty strong on them. It was card to hide of most of them didn't have comps because everyone loves comps. And I kind of went with my gut on it. Well, I, I love to see that. I loved your whole black heritage refractor run you went on during the national. So if anyone wants to see those, those are always super clean to see in real life. You know, I'm a huge fan of the black heritage refractors. Uh, Max alluded to, we'll hop around here, Max, where we hit Wednesday. Let's hit Sunday real quick. Um, Sunday, everyone was tired. I was still pretty fresh, you know, kind of excited. Max motivated me on Sunday morning to make it out for day two. Uh, I did a lot of buying on, on Sunday. I did a bunch of dollar bin uh, looking. But when me and Max are ready to go back to my apartment, um, I hit one more table just randomly. And I, out of the corner of my eye, spotted this Wander Franco uh, opening day sticker auto variation that you know max loves the autos from opening day and always has educated me on the rarity of them so i was like well i gotta send a picture to max like this is cool um it was 250 bucks sticker words out there so we might as well talk about it max still pissed at me uh but i was like you know maybe max will want this like and then max immediately texts me goes that price is way low like what booth number i asked the guys Literally the last booth I look at at the entire national, I throw the Kobe to Shaq alley oop. Yeah, for for Max. No, yeah, that was cool. Biggest thing I'll make fun of Tommy for is not wanting to walk the show with me, citing that we both hunt for different cards, and I'm like, shut the fuck up, you little bitch. This is an R-rated podcast, so I can curse. That two-star review is still sitting strong in my head, but. Regardless, um, I don't care. I want to have fun with my friends, and I don't care if we're looking for different cards. So this is a message to all you showgoers out there. Uh, walk with your friends and have a blast because the experience is what makes it, and I can just throw money wherever. I don't care. You know, anyone can. It's like it's cardboard. Just find what's cool. Yeah, uh, that, that is a good <laughs> reminder, Max. Uh, we'll, we'll keep jumping around days on Saturday. Yeah. So um, Saturday, I, my first day. You okay. wanna, what do you say? No, yeah, I was going to say ahead. Thursday and Sunday were very similar for me because so the Wander Franco opening day was at the end of the show for me Sunday. <sighs> Thursday and Sunday, I bought zero cards outside of that Wander Franco and $2 box cards on that Sunday. So essentially, I mean, for the for 90% of the show on Thursday and Sunday, I bought zero cards. 
it was really just walking a lot with friends on and partly just doing a lot of errands as I call it. It's like, I'm going to go into grocery store shopping or I'm doing whatever. It's like, okay, I have to pick this up at the PSA booth. I have to go drop these off at Beckett. I have to go get this at PWCC. I have to host the young Lord podcast and the Ludics lounge at four o'clock on Saturday. I have to do this. I have to do that. But it was a lot of card errands that definitely can drain your time at the show. So that was a lot of Sunday and we're getting into what Friday, Tommy. Well, hold up, hold up. Max okay. hates on me all all weekend going, you know, Tommy's not walking the floor with me. Not every all time weekend. that I every time that I hit up Max, he's waiting in line at Beckett. I swear <laughs> you were waiting in line at Beckett half the show and you're out here complaining that I'm not willing to walk the walk the show with you while my man's here, is sitting here, was just chilling getting his Beckett RCR. Like our boy Jason at DCI is not around waiting to RCR his cards. You don't know the lore clearly. I went to DCI and I DCI to them and then I went to Beckett RCR. I fully used the DCI prep. All right. Well, I'm wrong there, but I'm not wrong about the amount of time um, he's been in lines. But no, I ran a timer from when I got into the Beckett line purely so that I wouldn't be able to approximate. It wouldn't be some crazy exaggeration. It wouldn't be just some like basics rant. I got into the line. Yeah, so this was Saturday. I got in the line at about like noon. Uh, yeah, noon, just to give context that this wasn't like me being first in line in the early morning. I got in the line at maybe noon or so. And it was exactly two hours and 42 minutes from the back of the line to the front of the line. It took us about an hour, 15 minutes to get around the corner because there was a line overflowing back behind the booth to the front of the booth. That is, I mean, I just to say in a very friendly way, the PSA booth took maybe 30 minutes at most at any given time. Two hours, 42 minutes. Unreal. Um, I can't even imagine the amount of card that I saw that I saw in the time frame that you were waiting in line at Beckett because especially on Sunday, man, I was just flying. There's this one booth called Jacksonville Sports Cards, I think. Jacksonville yeah, something. Um, I bought... 158 one dollar cards from them for 65 60 dollars um i highly encourage anyone interested in seeing what i picked up to check out my thread on twitter about it but just like cool numbered stuff i was it was sunday so i was like oh i'm probably not gonna find anything cool but what i also realized is that we're still in the chicago like there's not a lot of people from the west coast who come to the national so i actually found that this entire giants and warriors rose from these one dollar boxes was totally untouched basically which was insane because there are some easily $20 15 $20 cards in there from I mean knowing the Giants and Warriors market pretty well like I know that some of these cards would sell for that much and not that I'm going to flip them I was just shocked that they're still waiting there so that's my that's my one well that's my one shout out I'm not no fuck you Um, I've been flipping on comp c and we haven't even talked about it yet but anyway that's what I was doing on Sunday for the most part but Max, I had two two cards max moments, I would say, just at being annoyed at a card show with a dealer is what I refer to as a cards max moment. <laughs> um, but I had two guys. I was fully set. So I found this Bryce Harper dugout peaks for 80 bucks. And I was like, well, I've never seen this card. Frank, Frank Lubati said that I should buy it. So I was like, fuck it. Sunday, I'm going to go back. I'm going to find this table dude wouldn't accept cash. I mean, wouldn't accept Venmo or Zelle or PayPal or anything. And I'm just like, fuck, that's the end of the show. I haven't, I'm all out of cash now. 
Um, obviously, I spend all the cash that I have in my pocket immediately because that's what a card fiend does. Um, and then I went to another booth. Some of the coolest basketball cards I saw at the whole show, like all like under $40 patches, autos, like rare shit. I looked for this through this guy's bins forever. Also no cash. I mean, no, no electronic payment. I'm just like, what the, what is wrong with these dealers? Just turning away last day money. I'm trying to liquidate you from your stuff and they won't accept my money. Max, like, did you run? Like, I know you're dealing in higher end stuff. You're probably not running into these dealers that I'm dealing with who, you know, there's a lot of hate on the cheap dealers at the national for sometimes for good. Sometimes I don't think it's totally uh, worth it, but um, that was obnoxious. Yeah. I felt like cards, Max. I was about to fight these people. Oh, yeah. You know that I get very passionate. Like, I mean, just as a little anecdote, I'm not, I will say I'm grateful for every customer that I sell to and every dealer that I'm able to buy from. That being said, just to give something analogous to that, I get a, I sent someone tracking this morning and they're like USPS or FedEx and it's like, you know, USPS. And this was like a $750 otani lot give or take and he's like it's insured right and i'm like yes it is insured even though you didn't pay for shipping and we're nickel and diming me over 15 dollars, i went out of my way to cover insurance as i have collectibles insurance i extend that to anyone who buys from me i mean i'm not saying file a claim at me and i'm just going to immediately refund you but it's for both of our protection i am fully insured on all my packages and he's like saying oh wow you know you're still being petty you're still being all of this stuff. And I'm just like, excuse me. It's like, I, I beg your pardon. Like I, I'm telling you, I'm giving you free insurance. It makes me like want to refund him because it's like signifying that he's like being a relatively problematic guy. Like God forbid there's scratches on these PSA 10 cases. I don't want to refund the guy. So giving that Testament to Tommy, I try not to be, I, I can be passionate out of the love of cardboard sometimes as in, of my interactions for that type of, cash only um i've heard this term politically but i'm applying it to card shows that we live in a geriocracy where we are just run by geriatrics and people that at least in this specific card show people that only accept cash the last time that i've had a cash only dealer that i like ran out of venmo paypal whatever and had to use cash was probably february of last no probably like early summer probably like august of last year and I wanted the card badly. So like I zipped to the nearest ATM, took out like 600 bucks cash and just paid the guy. So I have had experienced it. It doesn't happen too often. Not really out of me carrying low cash because I don't bring too much to my smaller local shows. But mostly just out of like people being incredibly flexible in taking PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Cash App, everything under the sun. And I'm surprised that you had a sim similar situation like that twice yeah twice back to back at the end of the show like when i wanted to spend a cut a little bit more money just ridiculous um i know there's a lot of hate hate on the dealers at the national because they're you know they're Good, the old heads. no all right here's my <laughs> impassioned argument for why the old heads are important you walk into the national and you see like hundred or so tables of just kind of like random vintage random cards now that i've been to the national these guys have kind of the same inventory too um these dudes have been setting up the national every single year for literally since the start of the national so no matter what sort of stuff that they are selling 
I've had some of the best conversations with these guys. Talk to a guy who owned a card shop from like 03 to 07, still was liquidating the like the inventory he had in his shop when it ended. And I could tell why because he was extremely overpriced. But the dude had just stories for days. I enjoyed it. The vibes are good. You can actually walk around that area and not be pummeled by Zion briefcases. Um, you know, half the time you're literally dodging Zion briefcases, especially on that Saturday. Um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to just like chuck them and, you know, do do whatever. But I don't know where I was going with this, Max. The old dealers. Yeah. They're great. My, I'd rather my... take you space, though. My rebuttal for that is that I love dealers of all sorts. I have been vintage Philic as much as any young person has been in the past six months or so. I bought zero vintage cards at this show. And that like pains me. I figured I'd be getting the best exposure to vintage out that would ever be possible. But even with that exposure, people, I mean, it's one, there's a big difference against someone there's a big difference between someone who's priced at like 100 to 120 percent of last sale and someone who's priced at two to three x last sale without there being like one outlier being why that last comp was so low i didn't see it worthwhile to look at most of the vintage most of the vintage dealers were right in the entrance of the show which i just think is just a terrible impression of once you walk in the show you have to dig i mean i'm not just trying to be an advocate for locals and casuals or whatever you have to dig all the way to the bottom past the corporate if you want to find half decent modern dealers you have to go from that right room down into the deeper room if you want to find modern dealers that are priced reasonably um i'm going to shout out henry reynolds cardboard who i also shouted out on our live episode that will soon be being released soon in a funny way that that works because he was telling part of his customers like hey i, I have high appeal vintage I'm over comps to, as a premium for that, but not irrationally so show. You can walk the entire show floor and then you can come back. And if there's other things priced in the room, you can let me know, but I know there isn't. And I want to be as fair as humanly possible on my cards. And that, I mean, assuming that all of that is true, which he is a very genuine guy. So I have no reason not to think that. That is something that very few vintage dealers acted like. And this whole national tax while it does exist just because of the how many potential buyers you have in one room, especially on high eye appeal vintage, it led me to having zero vintage buys when I'm otherwise buying vintage very actively. And I can attest to others who feel similar. Yeah, I, I definitely encourage people to go back and listen to the national recap from last year. And I'm pretty sure it's just you talking about all the vintage you bought. So definitely no, was surprised. Well, what? I didn't do vintage then last year. What? All right. Well, I'm no. I bought the I bought the Bryce Harper sticker auto last year. I bought the Glaber Dynasty auto last year. Those are two of my favorite cards, and I still own both of them. I mean, last year I was. I think the biggest difference. I maybe you can relate. Clip this. Clip this. Clip this. (laughs) Yeah. Clip it. Clip it. Clip it. But like last year, I was talking about all the crazy and unique cards that I gained exposure to, and that I was able to purchase. I loved the single file line system of Atlantic City and just being a straight shot down of cards while Rosemont's convention center was just so disorganized that it led me to not buying as much in terms of unique cards that I would have liked. And the unique cards I bought were mostly on Wednesday. Maybe that's a me problem because you're finding opening day Wander Franco autos on Sunday. Could be a me problem. 
but it lets my enjoyment in the show being a little lower. Well, we as we know, that's definitely a you problem. But <laughs> I, I will say that in general, this show, and now that we're not recording live at the Letx VIP Lounge powered by PWCC, and we can talk shit about the show a little bit more, what the hell was that design? Like, are you kidding me with how they or like how they organized the corporate booths, the breakers, the dealers? I was like, if you gave me a pen and paper and were like draw what the national like floor plan looked like, I would have absolutely no idea. And I was there for like seven, eight hours. Well, you have to recognize. I mean, that was a little bit of a casual take, and I'm saying this as a casual who just overheard non-casuals casually, of course, that there are only six or so locations that the national is even going to consider. And the reason that they only consider those six locations is that those are convention centers that are both large enough to be able to handle the national and also places that have already had a floor plan in place. So yes, Chicago happened in 2021, but if they're going to entertain a new venue, they're going to completely remap and, or rather map in the first place, the entire convention center. And although this is likely very similar to the mapping in 2021, I wasn't there, so I don't know. This is likely like the Breakers Pavilion being in the prime real estate in the set in that center room. That probably has been a thing since like the early 2000s, me having a breaker pavilion there. And really post COVID, the amount of breakers taking up that space is likely much, much larger and takes a much larger, proportionally larger piece of the pie than what it used to be. So remapping entirely. It's something that these people are too lazy, maybe justifiably lazy, but too lazy to want to do. Well, I I know that that's not how it has been, Max, the Breaker Pavilion there in that area. Okay. Um, I, I will will give Atlantic City a lot more credit now. Um, in the moment, wasn't giving them a ton of credit as a convention center, but layout made a lot of sense. They had the Breakers off at the end of the show, which I think is like almost essential. Like You can't have the Breakers sandwiched between dealers at a show like this because forget who said this or maybe i just i don't know so i heard someone explain it the way that like the dealers are like a side thing where like people go and they know that oh i'm going to the breaker pavilion like that's what i need to go do because you're whatever gambling or whatever uh no disrespect to gamblers but that doesn't even make sense though like it is a main attraction and it's like every single booth is someone talking to a phone there's literally well, no keep, even aspect of talking to customers. You keep saying that it's like some some like main attraction. I, I don't know what is engaging about the Breaker Pavilion no, in me? any capacity. Yeah. No, I'm like saying that the show is promoting it like a main attraction. I'm saying oh, that yeah. like there's literally like the entire premise of the Breaker Pavilion is people talking into the phone. Like there is no walker interaction is what I'm saying. But it's being treated like a main attraction. Yeah, and as someone who works in marketing some in some capacity, we I'm like looking at these breakers like you guys should be actively trying to get more customers for your brand right now. And you're literally talking on the phone being like, yo, I'm live from the national to a bunch of people sitting at home. It's like, no, don't get it twisted. I agree with you, Tommy. Oh, I know. I know. Don't get it twisted. Okay. Don't get it refractored all up. But yes, I mean, the breaker pavilion, like, let's just get rid of it. Let's just end it. If they can't actually make something engaging for people that are like going to the show and if they're just thrown in the middle of how, of everything, like I had, so Saturday, moral of the story here, Saturday, I had two friends who had never been to a car show 
who just live in Chicago or my friends, they came out. We're just overwhelmed by everything going on. And I guided them around, showed them around. But like, if they were left to their own devices, they would probably ended up just like walking around the breaker pavilion just because that had a sign that it's actually very close like, to the entrance. Yeah, very close to the entrance, has a sign, probably would have walked around the corporate booths. That seemed like kind of underwhelming. Like, what was up with the corporate booths? Did you get any free stuff, Max? I think the freebies were much lower this year than last year. I got a $10 discount code off of eBay, which is cool, but like not crazy. Um, I got smoked on my national packs. I talked about, I'm talking about that in the future episode. And uh, yeah, no, that story is living rent free, but we will tease that for the next episode once it drops live from the national. Yeah, very little freebies. That sucks. <laughs> just in general um, because but, last year was so fun to get the free stuff like i got a free tiger woods like card yeah. from so, i don't know i got a lot of shit someone made the observation i forgot who but like the zero cool promotional packs at stranger things was one of the biggest draws of the fanatics booth and that was obviously under josh luber and i think a little bit after that josh luber no longer was in the position of their chief vision of fanatics's chief visionary want to make sure my terms are te as technical as possible but it was something like that and this year zero cool had zero presence pun not intended at the national so that brand i guess is just kind of dead i don't think it was very popular to begin with but that is food for thought for hobbying um in general um i got some cool dank mail this week i got a drew jones red mojo out of five i got a palo Benchero one of one I talked about what I said that in the national next episode, but I came home to so many packages and I just ripped open all of it, which I thought was a lot of fun. And I found out what happened from grading my metal promotional 25th anniversary Pokemon cards, which is a story 18 months in the making. All right. So that's my, time. that's my updates for me. I'm going to talk about what I bought at the national for a little bit. And then you're going to come in with what mail you got. Some highlights from the mail. All right. Highlights. Yes. And then I'll talk about my eBay, eBay buys recent. Then we're going to shut this episode down because me and Max are both dead tired. Tommy wants a half an hour episode flat. And this is what I bought at the National. Starting with, I bought a 2007 Tops Update and Highlights Baseball Hobby Box for $115, which I ripped live on stage. TBD to see what I ripped. Um, I got racked some absolutely fire cards from our friend at those back pages, Eric. So Eric had an a totally epic. <clears throat> Jesus, excuse me, Max. Uh, he had an epic trade where he got a Mickey Mantle rookie card. But on That's my so way cool. out on Saturday, I see Eric and I'm like, he's going to the door. And I'm like, Eric, just run after him to say what's up. The dude racks me a Christian Yelich 2014 Tops Black Gold Cup a Walker Bueller foil heritage gold cup and a Dylan Carlson hyper prism gold cup. And it's just super nice. And those cards, the black Christian Yelich, I actually had lost on eBay to him. I found out in the moment, uh, one of those auctions where it's hop in the shower, forget it's happening. It ended up ending at like six or seven bucks. And I was just like, shit, I would have paid, you know, twice that. And that was a great interaction. I had a great time with Eric. Eric is one of the best dudes. Um, Always just a great face to see at the National. Some other things I bought. Uh, Bryce Harper 2013 opening day blue foil. The best 
opening day blue foil, as Max likes to point what out. What year? Uh, 2013. He was in... Oh, that's cool. Okay. Approved. Yeah, approved. Uh, I bought a 2015 Philadelphia Phillies Rally Squirrel SP. Cool card. I bought that from my man, Sam's Buy It All. At Sam's Buy It All, I think. Um, if you are familiar with him, you know, he, him and his friend, who his name is escaping me, which is unfortunate, but they're both super nice, and I'm always big fans. I bought a Tim Lindsay come. Uh, Mitch put me on this card, actually, at IMO Mitch. Big fan of the the program a 2010 tim linscombe t t206 or 206 or whatever uh this card tim linscombe looks like he's stoned uh it was out of 99 mini parallel that was fun i don't really collect minis too much but when mitch has a card he loves and i love and he convinces me that it's cool uh i usually rock with it some other stuff that i bought uh, i bought a psa 9 only graded card i bought was a clay thompson 2013 prism silver um, I found that literally as I walked into the show on Sunday, turned left, saw it in a value box as the front card, uh, got it like half off the sticker too. That was pretty cool. I bought a 2019 Buster Posey black out of 67, 68. Um, that's from my man, Mike. Um, what else did I buy? Uh, I mean, this $1 lot that I bought was unreal. I just... I can't even list off the names. So many. Max, do you want to tell the people what, what went down on, on Sunday after I came back with all those cards? Oh, yeah. Tommy enters the ultimate state of zen on Sunday afternoon, organizing every single card, the hundreds that he bought, putting them into piles, putting them and carefully assembling each into the binder pages. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm seeing my buddy in Chicago who I get to see like in person like once or twice a year. It's like, I'm not ready to go crazy, but it's like, I'm ready to just like hang out, talk, whatever, and like have a good time. And Tommy's just like in the zone. And then like shortly after I get into a food coma from this delicious pizza. But yes, Tommy is showing a picture of me in said food coma because I was beat and tired. But... Fred assessing that preceding that Tommy is in this ultimate Zen mode, medit figuratively meditating, relaxed, just and putting everything in its appropriate place. I'm watching peripherally uh, Yankees baseball and trying to find things to buy on eBay because even after a full week of card shows, I am still ready to buy stuff on eBay. And that was how our Sunday ended. Yes, Max, that is a good, that's a good way of putting what I go into. It's a good Zen mode. What did you, all right, Max, your turn. What did you buy online? Yeah. Uh, what do you want to talk about? What sort of, I know yeah. you got stories. Yeah, I do. Um, coolest pickups was the aforementioned Black Heritage Otani, but I also bought, we love flagship super short prints on this podcast. Two, let's get the glare okay for our YouTubers. Ooh, ooh. Two, Shohei Otani update super short prints um is this us1 yeah us1 vertical not the gray jersey one back at nine five one psa nine uh i i sold one but then the buyer backed out so screw you you suck but uh those are probably two of the coolest cards i bought from the national um other highlights include um during wednesday value boxing i found a kyle lewis short print image variation of his like flagship top rookie and a jackson holiday first bowman paper for one dollar each 
and I'm like, I'm rich. I just made it big. This is phenomenal. Um, so those are pretty cool. Um, two more pickups that I'll go over, or I guess, yeah, uh, I'll keep it to two, I guess. Um, I bought to Mike Trout's 2015 Snow Camo Parallel out of 99 on Wednesday, and then I paired that it card, with... That card is featured in your slept picture. In my slept picture? Yeah, because I showed Tommy to it, and then I just went to sleep. As well as the 2015 Silver Frame Mike Trout out of 20. Uh, there were no comps, so I just paid whatever like a madman um i bought two cryptocurrency cards from 2018 ginter i buy them up to grade whenever i see it and they're just a dank card as well as a justin fields blue ice i dabbled in quarterbacks i don't know what i'm doing i sold it and broke even and then on monday night first night i bought a shohei otani nolan ryan dual heritage autograph out of 25 and a lot of people think that card's cool I think Nolan Ryan's is kind of like a bum or something. I don't know. No, he's pretty cool. And those were some of the cooler things that I bought. All right. You're going to have something that you think about while I talk about my eBay pickups because I'm sure you have something. Uh, maybe I'll do Com C flips too. And I'll save my com my recent Com C rant and flips because the Com, com C app came out and I'll have to give my little review oh. next week. Next week, next week, next week. My eBay buy uh, that I want to talk about is I bought a Helen Keller card, and I swear to God, Max, do not make the comment that I think you're about to make. No, uh, I'm Helen Keller, 2009, Topps Heritage, you know, infamously one of my favorite sets. Out of 76, I got it for under $40 shipped. Helen Keller, which I think is one of the cooler names in the set, hyped about that one. That is big. I texted Kimball a picture of it. Obviously, he approves of the pickup. Max, you forgot about something. What do you want to say at the end here? Am I saying my last line or am I giving a pickup? Whatever you want. This is your time. You're ending it. This is the last time I'm letting you talk in this episode. <laughs> it takes a lot of work to both pitch and hit. Bye, Shohei Otani cards. No, that was, just, just, that was a metaphor. Well, I just lost, dude. I lost a show at Carter on eBay literally seconds before this episode started. Been after this 2019 red foil team color match. Dude, it went for like $50 shipped. An opening day red parallel. I was like, damn. What year? 2019, not his second year. And I bid $42 thinking I was guaranteed going to win that. And then I lost it. It went for forty six sixty nine. Very classy. People like eBay. the rookie cups, Tommy. People like the rookie cups. Well, all right. We'll see you guys next week, and maybe in between with an episode we did in the past, like Back to the Future. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>